Did you know that major advertisers are purchasing fewer and fewer radio ads? It doesn't mean that programming is fading or you know radio is going away. It's not. But podcasts are, I guess you could say, like the sibling to radio. Now, what makes a podcast different, especially when it comes to advertising on a podcast, depending on, of course, the network that that podcast is on, your ad doesn't go away. So even podcasts that, for instance, that I have recorded back in 2015, that sponsor's ad is still on that podcast. And to give you another example, I looked at numbers the other day. We had a podcast for the health department that had over 99,000 downloads. And it just so happened that the one sponsor, because you know sponsors are exclusive for some of these podcasts, that sponsor's ad was heard 90, over 99,000 times. And the great thing about that is a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, somebody can play that podcast again and that same commercial will be heard. Now, the reason I'm telling you this is because the Harford County Living Show, we're always looking for sponsors. And no matter what, you're going to get a return on your investment because advertising right now with us is very, very low. And everybody listens. Like I just told you, the, the one podcast had, had so far has over 99,000 downloads. So if you're interested in getting your name out there, you want people to learn more about your business, it doesn't matter where you're at. I mean, our podcast, we have a lot of people that download it and listen here in Harford County, but also over in England, Italy, Asia, other parts of the country. And believe me, these people do visit here, so it's getting your word out there. Just give us a call, 443-982-0250, or you can even email me directly at rbennett at harfordcountyliving.com. It's amazing how much things have changed throughout the years, technology, cars, even the way houses are built. I mean, the internet alone. But one of the things that surprises me that has changed a lot is sleeping for infants. Safe sleep. I mean, at one point you, you're told to put them on their stomachs, put them on their backs, uh, put stuff around them. But of course, that has all changed. And for the better, because the number of infant deaths you know, while they're sleeping has dropped considerably, I think by, I want to say almost 50%. On this episode of Harford County Living, we sat down with Nurse Judy from the Harford County Health Department, and we discussed safe sleep and some other things with, with infants. You know, the clothes, things you should have in a crib, or technically, really, things you shouldn't have in the crib. Car seats, uh, you know, a lot of these things that have been passed down throughout the years. People buying used car seats, cribs, you know, whatever else, that, whether it be your thrift shops or even yard sales. Some of this stuff even being given away at, believe it or not, some, you know, fundraisers. And they've been recalled. So on this episode of Harford County Living, sit back and enjoy Nurse Judy on duty and find out about the baby burrito. This is the Harford County Living Show. Voted as Harford County's favorite local podcast, introducing you to local businesses, organizations, artists, musicians, and more. Harford County Living, there's no place like it. Here's your host, Rich Bennett. 
I'd like to welcome everybody to Harford County Living. We are sitting here with the health department again. And today we have Judy with the Family Health Bureau. And today we are talking about safe sleep. Uh, and if you don't know what we're, when I say safe sleep, what we're talking about, you're about to find out. Uh, so Judy, yes. before we start talking, you talked about Chris and all that, but explain exactly what it is that you do so we can get into safe sleep. Because that is very important. I'm a community health nurse um, with the Harford County Health Department, and I'm in my 37th year. Um, I've, I've not been here the whole time, but I've done uh, state service nursing. And since 2001, have um, worked with the Child Fatality Review Ooh, Board. Okay. Um, and we are required uh, by law to review all of the child deaths from age zero through 17 that the medical examiner has done an autopsy and refers to us. And so there's a, a large group that does um, every quarter review those deaths to see what may have contributed, if there are systems issues that we missed, what can we improve on to perhaps um, prevent additional deaths in these children. And you've been doing that for how long now? Since 2001. Please tell me you've been seeing that number go down. Well, um, because infant death re uh, with sudden infant death, which was in the past called SIDS, um, it's very different and every year can be different because mm -hmm. of the, the different factors. We don't really know why uh, SIDS occurs. It's a diagnosis of the exclusion, so you have to make sure that you've looked at everything. Um, was the child sick? No. Did the child have any genetic issues? No. Um, the environment, how, was there any factors that may have contributed to that? Um, and once everything is ruled no, then unfortunately it's called uh, SIDS, Sudden Infant Death Syndrome. Mm -hmm. And the manner of death is undetermined because they really don't know what the cause is. Um, over the years they have taken a look at some of these SIDS cases and found that there are common areas where there are um, in these SIDS cases and a lot of them were related to sleep and unsafe sleep. Um, sharing a bed with your uh, parents, um, perhaps if you had things in the bed with you mm -hmm. um, and you slept with your baby in the bed, if, if there were more than one baby in the crib, like if you had twins. If you had dogs or cats or other children sleeping with the baby. So a lot of these, they took a look and said, well, there are several things that we could probably change in, in that um, that may make an impact. The other uh, really big thing was the position of the babies. Right. Back in the old days, we used to put our babies on their stomach because we thought that they were going to choke. And what uh, the studies have found is that they're actually safer and they were dying less when uh, babies are put on their back. And so a big back to sleep uh, campaign was started in 1996. And since then, the diagnosis of SIDS for death has reduced almost 50%. Wow. We used to have 6,000 um, SIDS deaths a year, and now we have 
hundred deaths a year in the United States attributed to um, sleep issues, which SIDS is a part of. But that's for that's for infants, right? Because mm -hmm. I know in the beginning you said zero to seventeen. Right. There's a, a friend of mine who. His son, it happened with his son, but his son was 12 at the time, and they couldn't figure out why. They said it was advanced SIDS, which I've never heard of. I don't know what they call it now. Well, uh, SIDS, and there's also SUDI, which is sudden, unexplained death of an infant. Okay. Um, that's another category, and those are usually linked to the um, sleep position. They've actually found, it's called the uh, triple risk model of SIDS, or SUDI, and one of the things, the factors are, you have a critical period of development. SIDS usually happens between um, birth and six months. Most of the time it's between two and four months. Okay. Factor two, you might have an underlying vulnerability of um, the baby. The baby was born preterm. Um, if there was a brain abnormality, if there's other issues with the baby, um, that's also a risk factor. And then if you take a look at the third risk factor, those are things that could be changed, like nicotine exposure, how you place your baby, um, side, stomach, back to sleep. Um, if you put the baby on soft bedding, like pillows, or overheating is also a factor. But they're doing so much research now that uh, things do change. Right. Um, but right now they're recommending that all babies sleep alone on their back in a crib or bassinet or um, a safe sleep area. And so that could be like a pack and play, that could be a fold up crib right. that, that is um, deemed safe by the Consumer Product Safety Commission. And they have a website. I was going to ask you about that. Is, um so the website gives tips and I guess it also does it also list like the bassinets and everything that have been recalled? Absolutely. Okay. That's good then. Um, talking about that with the safe sleep, I'm sure that's one of the big things is the cribs that you use, the bassinets that you use and so forth, right? Well, interestingly, uh, many of the deaths that we have reviewed, there is a crib or a bassinet available in the home, mm -hmm. but the baby is not using it. What? Um, parents use those big nice cribs to stack diapers, to keep the baby items, um, and what, what they're doing is having the baby sleep with them in the bed, which is um, risky. Yeah. And unfortunately, um, there may be overlay even though the parents didn't intend for that to happen. Um, if the baby rolls into you, then the baby may be accidentally suffocated. Um, and so that's something that we, we really don't want to happen, but with our society, we are more tired. The women don't have the ability to have their moms or um, other helpers come. Um, we are on medications that may make us uh, more drowsy and, and less alert. We're heavier, um, and so obesity is an issue, especially if you have a baby between you and the wall. Uh, and so they do uh, not recommend that babies sleep with their parents in an right. adult bed. Yeah, that common sense kind of tells you that's 
shouldn't happen. You know, six foot adult with a foot and a half infant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, you mentioned uh, things in the crib. Uh, I know years ago, you know, there we all probably grew up with, with blankets over us and everything. But I've heard lately now they say don't unless it's absolutely necessary. Don't even put blankets in the crib with a baby because they can get tangled up in and they can, you know, they, they grab everything and anything around them and they can choke and. Is that the recommended way to go? Is just leave those out? Leave everything out. Everything. Uh, yeah. Bumpers, crib bumpers are banned in Maryland for the sale sale of bumpers. You cannot really. Um, you cannot sell them um, since 2013, and that's one of the issues. If you go into some of the thrift stores, you still find them. Um, and so I've been going around to different places and telling them the rules uh, about thrift things and even giveaways. But you're right, we, they don't recommend anything in the crib except baby, um, a nice firm mattress in the crib, and then a, a sheet. And that is it if you need, um, if you think your baby is cold, then you put a, um, like a- Onesie or something. A sleeper yeah. on, um, a heavier sleeper, or there are new things called sleep sacks. Um, it kind of looks like a, um, a nightgown that has the bottom uh, sewn yeah. together and it zips up um, and is sleepless. Little baby in a bag. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it very much looks like that. We call them burritos when they have, when they have the ones that swaddle you. Right. Um, so they're baby burritos. <laughs> On the, as far as the cribs, and I, I haven't paid attention for years, but um, the cribs with, with the, you know, with the baluster sides, do they still make those? I assume they do. Now, what do you do, since you can't use the bumpers, what, if anything, do you do about those? Believe it or assume? not, um, they are finding that kids are not getting their um, selves hung in those. Um, crib regulations changed, and so there has to be a specific width between each of those um, slats, and if you... For an easy way to remember, if you can fit a can of Coke in between those slats, then you can't use that crib. It's too wide. Right. They're too wide. Um, also, the drop side cribs are no longer allowable. Probably all of us use those, um, but they are now not allowed because they have found that going up and down with that, with that side can weaken, and so babies have been entrapped and have unfortunately died. Yeah, the scary thing, I was sitting there thinking of all these things with the cribs now. How many families actually have cribs that are passed down through generations? Right. That, tell you, they, the way it sounds, they need to get rid of these things. Except they're sentimental. Right. And grandma and great-grandma raised the family in those and never had any problems. Mm -hmm. Turn them into diaper holders then. Right. Um, <laughs> Seriously, I mean, that's, it's kind of scary, and you know people are still putting their babies in there. They but are. I, I, well, I think you just said, you know, you listen to your mother, your grandmother, and a lot of things just don't change, regardless of what, what's put out there. Yeah. Well, with the safe cribs, <coughs> is that uh, something that's on the CDC's website or something? It or is not? on the Consumer Product Safety Commission. Or, okay. So if you have um, one of those older models, there's actually a, a, a page that tells you what the, what the new guidelines are. Um, if you put your name in that, um, 
that's actually a listserv, they mm -hmm. will send you all the recalls. But if you're getting um, things handed down to you or buying from thrift stores, you really do need to take a look at um, what is recalled and how, how to maintain safe um, items, even if they are even if they are old. There are some repairs you can do to cribs. Right. But the other issue is that if they're more than uh, if they were probably more than 1978, if they're older than that, they probably contain lead paint, Ooh. which is another issue. It'd be nice if some of these companies would offer a rebate then. They turn in your old crib and get a rebate, a discount or whatever on a new crib. Well, Toys R Us at one time did that. But they oh, are, did they? Okay. They are not um, in business anymore. The last couple months, both Target and Walmart mm -hmm. uh, were giving either discount coupons or um, $30 gift cards if you would bring in your old car seat. Right. Um, in exchange for a new one, and they were finding that people were looking online, even though they didn't have a baby and they weren't going to buy a new car seat, they were asking people for their old car seats so they could go to Walmart and get the $30 gift cards, which was not the idea. <laughs> but you know what? In all honesty, they're getting them off the street. That's correct. You know, so to me, I would think Walmart would be doing a good thing. They're, they're not cheap. Oh, I, what car I seats? I like never have. I mean, I've never bought one, but like I've looked at for like baby showers and stuff. They're not. They're oh, not I know. Yeah. I know. I mean, I, I mean, I've had you know, two kids that well, technically three, but I mean, you go out to buy that stuff. And some of these things are like Cadillacs expensive as they are. <laughs> so what's a kid need all that for? Is it going to drive the kid around? <laughs> Except now with the with the. Uh, safety laws that you really do have to keep a child in mm -hmm. either a car seat, um, a toddler seat, a booster seat, right. um, up until the age of 11. And so, to 11? And so now we just bought a new um, car seat for my grandson. He turned one and he's too heavy for the, the little infant carrier. So we had to buy a, a new one. It was $199. Mm -hmm. yes. And that was, that was for a, just a like regular, regular model. Um, didn't have any bells and whistles, mm -hmm. and it actually expands, or you can take out parts um, so that it goes to 100 pounds. Yeah. I was going to say, is it 11 or a certain or a certain weight, or is it just 11? Because I've seen some kids that are 11 years old look like they're bigger than me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm serious. Then you need a booster seat. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Molly. <laughs> Yeah, supposedly uh, there's going to be a revision um, to the law January 1st of 2020, so which will then again change the recommendations. It used to be that infants were required to be facing backwards or mm -hmm. rear facing to age one, and now they have changed that to age two because they realize that infants actually are safer if you're involved in a collision um, if the child's rear facing. So that makes me. Leary too now because you got some of these cars mm -hmm. that have the airbags in the back of the seats mm -hmm. and it'd be pushing that car seat back towards that back window. Um, you, that's why you need to do your research yeah. on car seats um, and if it will fit in your car. Many of them are not compatible with your with your particular car and people don't know that and they buy um, a car seat or they're given a car seat and all of a sudden, oops, it doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. 
do you know if there's anything because you know talking about the thrift shops with the old cribs and everything and all that do you know if there's and you may not uh any legislation or whatever that's on the books that is trying to get it to where these cannot be sold the old ones consumer product safety commission does put out uh, guidance it's about 12 pages mm -hmm. and it is actually the have one with me actually a reseller's guide to selling safer products and most of most of it does contain um, infant or child products uh, when you're allowed to sell them or or not and by saying oh I didn't know about that rule doesn't matter it, right. if um, unfortunately you sell or even give things away and a baby um, has an incident or God forbid loss of life then the person or agency can be held responsible. Um, wow. I went to a church function a couple weeks ago where they were having a fall fair and they had donations from the congregation. They had four of those expandable cribs pack in place that had been recalled. And so I'm in my regular clothes. I'm there and I'm telling them that Regular clothes, but you had your work mind on. I right? know, and and um, I said these these four don't meet the regulations anymore. They're unsafe. Anything before 2013, you need to just destroy it or throw it away. And so, big sigh looked at me like, "Who are you?" And they said, "We'll get to it." I'm like, "No, no, no, no. If other people come, there might be." A, someone else knew that will sell that to them yeah. they can't be sold and so once I started talking to them and told them what I did they said oh can you come next year before we have our sale and, and make sure that everything is safe um, and so what I do plan to do is go back out to some of the thrift stores and update them with um, the new guidelines because I've also gone into retail and well retail thrift stores and found issues as well Jeez. Um, and so they're not intentionally doing that so they think they're protected but yeah. they're, they're they're really not so is it just a lack of information on their part or is a little bit of I'm gonna do it anyway mixed in there or I think some turnover of staff yeah. um, and a lot of people like for Goodwill, they do not sell anything that a baby could be contained in. So they do not sell used car seats, they do not sell used cribs, mm -hmm. um, and that, that makes it very good for them. That, right. that reduces right. their risk of selling things <laughs> that, that are, um, you know, a problem. With car seats, even though you get a new one donated to you or a relatively new one um, given to you, you don't know if it has been in an accident. And so if it has been in an accident and it's cracked somewhere and you you can't see it, um, minor cracks, and also for all the ones that have been left in the car to bake in the sun, um, um, the plastic... Becomes brittle. Yes, it does, right. and so it may not protect you. Never thought Your child that. as well if you have... It's like, um, it's like CarMax or ABC, that's what they need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the infant seats themselves, um, many parents, if they've been out into the car, been shopping, the baby's sleeping, 
you just detach and bring that infant carrier and set the baby down and let them sleep in that infant carrier. That's also a risk uh, that's an unsafe sleeping environment because the baby, the infant, most of the time is shaped in a C position mm -hmm. in those carriers and their head is down and that can cause uh, accidental suffocation. God. Just like the swings where the, the baby's head is down. There's a lot of new things. Yeah. Well, things you never thought about, but yeah, right. they, they make perfect sense. Right. Yeah. My seatbelt when I was a little kid was my mother's arm. Yeah. 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 I think that's how I got a lot of my concussions. Uh, I mean, <laughs> but that, that's true, though. I, that was it, and we didn't, have, you know, the lap belts, if we wore them. Right. And as kids, we were always on the rear shelf of the mm -hmm. car. The station wagon, yeah. right. Slam on the brakes again, Dad. Right. <laughs> that is true. But it, it, maybe that's why some of us are <laughs> the way we are. Well. <laughs> um, question for you. With a lot of these families that can't afford cribs or the car seats or anything, is there any programs out there where they can actually get them for free? There are um, different churches. We do have um, them listed on our web on our website on our resource guide um, that do help with purchasing new products. Okay. Um, one is Birthright. I know that Alpha's mm. Glory. Also, if you are if you have a DSS worker and don't have um, the means to purchase, you know, if you're a DSS. If you have a DSS caseworker and don't have the means to purchase right. those, then um, they will help you. But we've tried to spread the word to our home visitors, to the DSS caseworkers, um, child daycare, the thrift stores to educate on safe sleep. Make sure mm -hmm. that the child has a safe environment to sleep in. And if they don't, then something needs to be done about it. Yeah. I would have never thought about all that stuff. Because I remember, God, with my daughter, of course, that was 18 years ago, but it seemed like that's one of the things you wanted was bumpers in the crib so mm -hmm. they didn't hit their head or get their head stuck in there or their arms. But then again, at the same time, I was guilty because she wouldn't go to sleep here, throw her stuffed animals in there with her. Mm -hmm. and you put them in the car, take a drive. Oh, yeah. I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When they were asleep, you left them there. Yeah, or the vacuum, mm -hmm. you know, that, put them to sleep, mm -hmm. the, the washing machine, but then I found out the hard way, you're not supposed to put them in the washing machine. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding on that part. <laughs> the dryer on, on low is okay. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I, tumble I am just... Yeah, tumble dry. That's very dangerous. I need to make sure that you have, uh, as your kid becomes a toddler, that you have um, dryer and washer-proof things so that they cannot open those front-loading yeah. doors. Um, kids do get in there and if, if they shut the door, you want to make sure that you have a, a new washer that doesn't automatically start when the door is shut. They have washers that do that? Oh, if it's set. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, they are. See, I'm finding out something new all the time. Everything's electronic, so now you can go to work and at 3 o'clock if you want to set your uh, washing machine for three o'clock, it will come on. Well, yeah, I guess if you can get a text on your phone from your refrigerator telling you you're low on eggs, you can do anything. Right. Oh so, well, they do. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't realize that, but so 
with the safe sleep, we got we covered the cribs, bassinet. Do we cover bassinets? Um, bassinets are a, a smaller version um, of a sleep surface, and so they do um, have rules for how they are formed, um, whether or not you have sides or whether you have uh, a netting around it. And again, that's on the um, CPSC website. Um, and again, you do have that family bassinet that gets passed down from, yeah. from person to person. You just need to make sure that it is sturdy. Um, you have a mattress that fits. That's a lot of the problem. People will, will then put a pillow in there. They will put blankets as the mattress and soft sleep surfaces contribute to um, unsafe sleeping. Family health services. Is that uh, where we went to? Fam yeah, healthy families. So do you go down and talk with them as well? Meet with them? Yes. Okay. You're everybody in each department just gets together and talks, don't they? Mm -hmm. That's what we do here. Sometimes. Which is good. I mean, that's... All the maternal child uh, programs, you just can't work in one particular place. Right. Everything is related. And so if you go out to the home, you can't just talk to, oh, the the parent in the room with the baby. You're scanning the room for safety. Um, That's good. And so there, there's a safety checklist for many of the programs that do go out to make sure, for one, do you have heat? Do you have air conditioning? Do you have uh, um, screens in your house? Just very basic things. Right. Do you have water or electric? I once uh, did a home visit after a baby came home and the house was completely dark and freezing. And they said, well, we ran out of oil and our, our electric was turned off. You can't off. have a baby in there. And this was in February. And I said, didn't the place where you had your baby ask you about that stuff? And the answer was no. Um, and so now I think, think they're more savvy about um, when they discharge people. Um, do you have adequate housing? Do you have adequate um, utilities? adequate food, um, those types of things. Can back up one about uh, talking about the mattresses, and it just reminded me of an article I read some time ago, um, and, and you talk about firm sleeping surfaces, mm -hmm. um, that they, they no longer, uh, well, I don't think they ever recommend it, but they, they recommend that you no longer use things like uh, feather mattresses or loose down or anything else that, that, that could emit fibers, regardless of the covering that you might have on it because that, that can lead to uh, suffocation or, you know, what have you. Correct, because yeah. it's soft and the infant, if, if there are indents left when the infant is, la is laying, then that is a, a problem. You really shouldn't use that. And the other very popular thing is to have memory foam, and a, that is uh, really a problem for babies, especially if you put them on their stomach, which you shouldn't do in the first place. Their face is completely enveloped yeah, by right, the foam. Right. Um, and so they do recommend that you have a firm mattress that completely fits in the crib or the bassinet. So putting the baby on on their back, mm -hmm. but putting nothing else in the crib with the baby. So what do you do with a restless baby that rolls rolls around all the time? Like my daughter, who still does. <laughs> I mean, when she was a baby, she was constantly rolling. So, ha I mean, how, how do you prevent that if, you, if you're not supposed to put anything else in the crib? 
small infants do not usually roll so hard that they injure themselves. Okay. Um, if, if they do move, it's not a whole lot until they begin to, to roll over. And once the baby rolls over uh, onto their stomach, it is, you don't have to change the position of the baby. You can leave him or her on their stomach. Other than having nothing in the crib, there are some other things that um, can reduce the risk of sudden infant death. Make sure mom gets prenatal care. We want to make sure that the baby is uh, in the best health and mom's in the best health when the baby is born, which means do not use um, any nicotine products, which is no smoking. Smoking increases the risk of SIDS. Secondhand smoke when the baby comes home is also a problem. Overheating the baby. And so if um, you have all those blankets, all those other things, that's why they recommend that you do not um, have blankets in there, especially for overheating. It used, everyone used to think that the baby was cold, put, that, put yeah. the blankets on the baby. Mm-hmm. And now the, um, the studies have shown, make sure if you're comfortable in the, uh, in the room that the baby is usually comfortable as well. Mm-hmm. And the other uh, really significant thing is to share your room, but not your bed with your right. baby. And so they've found that it, it is a protective factor, if, especially the first six months that you have the baby's sleeping area, whether it's a crib or pack and play, in your room, um, but the baby is not supposed to be in your bed. Right. I mean, I think a lot of times that baby gets comfortable in that bed, and as they get older, they still want to stay in that mm-hmm. bed, which is another problem. Right. Um, so. Well, and, and it is an issue um, because from 2010 through 2014, Hartford County had 11 deaths of infants, mostly related to unsafe sleeping. And it's very difficult when we go out to homes and the mother says, you told me so. So people are being told. People are being educated. Um, But for whatever reason, for ease, for they've been at grandma's and grandma doesn't have a safe place to sleep. We put Mm -hmm. them on the couch. We put them in a chair. And the next thing you know, um, the baby doesn't wake up. Do you think sometimes it could be that they're overprotective? I think that, I mean, you know, it's, I know you told me this, but I feel like they're not safe this way. And my mom didn't do it that way. And yeah. And we're, we're fine. And that is, um, for some ethnicities, the mother rules, the grandmother oh, rules. Yeah. And so what you do, um, you have to have it approved by the uh, matriarch of the family. And so what they're finding um the grandparents really do need the new information, and so there are uh, free materials from NIH, which is the National Institute of Health, and it says safe sleep for your grand your grandbaby, because as the the uh, son or daughter says, oh mom, that's not how they do it now, may not uh, may not really take the information from that kid mm-hmm. who doesn't really know anything. Um, Hopefully that there are some professional materials that that uh, do explain why things have changed. And it ain't just the grandparents. There are some new parents that are that mm-hmm. way too. I mean, it's um, 
<clears throat> don't want to throw anybody under the bus, my sister. Uh, but you know, they. I mean, you no, know, that ain't that ain't the way it was. I when I was younger. What about daycares too? You well, daycares I was I was gonna answer about that because yeah. daycares. Sleep. Yeah, and even kindergarten. Well, kindergarten. I mean, not kindergarten. Well, <laughs> pre-K. Pre-K. Yeah, yeah. pre-K. What, what age do they go in pre-K now? Mm, three. three. Oh, really? Okay. But they don't but, take naps. But, but school pre-K. But there are some day, daycares that take infants. Correct. And certified daycares um, are required to have all of their staff trained um, in safe sleep education and practice that in order to, pre to keep their certification. We've done some training with DSS workers uh, because lots of times they are the first people in the house if they're, if they're um, going in and seeing if the baby has a safe place. And so we have trained them to go in um, and take a look at the environments. Okay. And so nurses that are going out doing home health care, taking uh, a look at mom, Two days after um, she delivers, we're asking them to take a look at the safety issues because there are a lot of eyes in the in the home. Yeah. Um, but if we don't address it, it's not it's not going to be changed. The good thing is that there's actually people out there going out and checking these daycares and make sure they have the you know everything up to date. Because yeah, I'm sure if there weren't, then some of your old, some of your daycares would still have the old cribs and you know whatever else to, for the kids to sleep in. What about as far as because you talked about the <laughs> I can't think of the day I'll be saying baby in a bag, um, sleep sack. Sleep sack. Mm -hmm. um, is there any types of clothes that you should not put on the babies for them to sleep in? Obviously a hoodie. Yeah, you know, I, I don't. I want right. to. I don't think we'd want with that. String on, on it. Yeah. <laughs> Anything with strings. Okay. Draw strings on the uh, on the gowns. They don't make those oh. anymore because oh, they they're, they're not allowed to. Ha they're not allowed to have drawstrings. Oh wow. Okay. Um, hats with with strings. Again, that's an issue. The other thing that that can be a problem is flammability, and so. There's a flammability standard for children's clothing. So again, donated clothing or um, passed down. Yeah. Passed down. These were your clothes. Now I'm going to use them for my baby. They can be a uh, they can be a problem. Anything where the zippers are not intact anymore, buttons that a child could perhaps chew on. There are lots of recalls because of lead in buttons or snaps. And so again, it's it's yeah, a good a idea. Lot of, a lot of imported stuff has a lot of mm -hmm. lead in it. Yeah, I right. would have never thought about that. Yeah. Wow. And if you put your name on the recall list, you will see children's furniture, children's um, all kinds of stuffed things with with eyes that are made overseas. Um, they're the, called for lead. The and what's the website that has the recall list again? The Consumer Protection Consumer Product Safety Pro Commission. Is that linked to to health department's website? The, you know, I just went and looked, and we do have like a medical um, equipment recall, and we okay. also have food recall. So I have to see if that. Okay. The website is www.cpsc for Consumer Product Safety Commission. Dot gov. 
Okay. Well, I want to put a link to that in the show for that too, because I never knew about that. Um, and I'm sure there's probably parents out there that don't know about that. We know there's grandparents out there that don't know about that. Now, the books, uh, the, the Safe Sleep books for grandparents, and what was the other one? They have one Safe for your Sleep baby. for your baby. Okay. Are those online? Can people get them online as um, well? Through the um, NIH, National Institutes okay. of Health, yes. You're able to um, actually look at these online. We have them, uh, we have hard copies that we give out to uh, new parents, uh, new grandparents. Okay. Um, and they're just brochures that have what does a safe sleep environment look like, and there's the baby with nothing in the crib. Wow. It looks so lovely. <laughs> <laughs> no, no mobiles, no, none of those things that. Uh, just bars, just bars around them. Right. It's like they're in jail. So right. even, even the even the old mobiles are, are outlawed. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Wait. Why? Well, um, just reach in case it falls. It falls. If, in case yeah. it falls, mm -hmm. or you have really no idea what a child can do if they can mm -hmm. if they can reach, um, and because these are not drop side cribs, you have to continue to lower the crib um, as the child is able to sit up or get up on his knees. And so they really don't recommend you have anything across mm -hmm. the crib or, or above it because of the risk of uh, choking and strrangulation. So it's just one of those protectors that yeah. projects on the ceiling with the moving lights. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. I guess that's probably why you're seeing those more, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So I like kids stay entertained for that. They could yeah. do stuff, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's a, it, I would think it would help when they fall asleep, too. Are there, are there any other, you've mentioned quite a few things in the baby's room, any other environmental factors as far as setting up baby's room, uh, safe sleeping environment, uh, types of furniture you shouldn't have, um, you know, plants, things of that nature you shouldn't have? With a newborn, um, you're pretty safe with having just the crib there um, as it's supposed to be. Once the child becomes mobile, then all bets are off. You really have to plug all those outlets. You have to make sure that everything that's in the child's reach um, is safe. One of the problems with toddlers is that they like to climb. And <laughs> when you have a, a bureau or a chest of drawers where the, it is not secured to the wall, if you pull out the bottom shelf, I mean the bottom drawer, you stand in that, then you pull out the next mm -hmm. one, you get up there. They're going to be adventurous. The entire thing can topple over yeah. um, and either injure or suffocate your child. And you see that happening a lot, not just in the bedrooms, but in the kitchens too. Right. And I the mean, TVs, Yeah. they're recommending that you anchor those to the wall, especially the, um, the ones that are just sitting. Right. Because they, even though they're not as heavy as they used to be, there's still um, a risk for injury if they pull those 65-inch uh, televisions over on themselves. And newborns are like house plants, so it's like yeah. they don't move. <laughs> you don't it's have like a decorative You don't place. have to water them, though. Right. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> Judy, i got to ask you this because I ask everybody this. Mm -hmm. So how long have you been with the health department now? 37 years. 37 years. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, thanks. I mean, 37 years, that's 
That's great. So you, you look younger than a lot of these other folks here. Uh, <laughs> when, I, when I started, I did not have any children. I knew basically nothing about how to care for a child, and they put me in the maternal child health division. And I felt like, oh, I really don't know anything. And the nurses kept saying, you'll learn. Don't worry, you'll learn. And, uh, and you're glad they did, right? And so now I'm... Um, and Judy learned. I learned. I learned. I had a, f I had a few kids and... and uh, Nurse Judy on duty. Yes. <laughs> Nurse Judy on duty. <laughs> and now because of all of the, the safety concerns, I can't go anywhere without taking a look at uh, safety. And, and so I, I probably uh, put off a lot of people when I... When I say, oh, you know, that you need to have that baby sit down or, or try, to, try to have them sit down in the cart you instead of standing. you get invited to a lot of parties still? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Well, it's, it's obvious that you started the health department when you were still, when you were still in high school. Did you, did it was you, right out of college. Right out, so was that your plan to actually work with the health department? Is that what you went to college for? I went to Harvard Community College for two-year nursing degree. Okay. And in the second year, one of our rotations was public health, and I went to the health department maternity clinic in Aberdeen. Mm -hmm. And I saw people coming through, some very young. I thought to myself, wow, they don't have a lot of money, they are young, they have issues that maybe it's not the best um, place for a baby to be. And the person that was doing all the examinations was a midwife. And I was in the same room with her. And after she would get done with the examination, she would say, now, thank you for coming in. You're going to be a great mom. Make sure you come back. And I thought to myself, wow. Here I am sitting here with such negativity. I'm not helpful at all for, for these women, but there's someone who gave someone else with a little more disadvantaged uh, issues some hope that everybody can be a good mom. Mm. And so I went on to University of Maryland and got my bachelor's degree and also did a community health in the city, did a community health rotation in the city, and decided that when I was done, I wanted to do public health. And so I was, I worked at Franklin Square two years while I was in school, and then uh, came to the health department in August of 1983. That is awesome. Very good, yeah. Every time I ask somebody that question, one of the things I'm finding out from everybody, they, it's their hearts in it. It's like they have a heart for it, and that's I, I like that. You guys care, even though you came in here talking all negative. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Nah, I knew she's gonna be passing some positivity <laughs> off somewhere here." Nah. <laughs> well, I, mean, I I really do um, try to help people, even though. Initially, they look at me and like, who are you to be telling me? Mm -hmm. um, and this is another story. I, I um, ran into a friend of my daughter's who had two children. And I'd never met the daughter before. When I took a look at her, she was seven. 
and she had an inward turning eye. And I, I said, oh, does she wear glasses? No, why do you ask? I said, have you ever noticed that, that her eye turns in a, a little bit? Um, well, the, we just got um, information from the school that she failed her test and that uh, she couldn't see the whiteboard. But they just told us, you know, sometimes kids grow out of that and, and, what? and have the, it's called a lazy eye, and that sometimes um, kids grow out of that. Yeah, they, they do, but um, if it's over the age of six, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, you really need to go to the uh, ophthalmologist. Mm -hmm. And so she did, got glasses, and I got a nice little note that said, thanks for uh, paying attention and saving my child's vision. Man, nice. So in those 37 years, you probably uh, helped develop a lot of these, at least locally, if not uh, beyond a lot of these uh, tips and policies and regulations. And well, actually, um, the federal government does have a maternal child division, and so they are doing, they are researching the best practices, and they give out that information and it does funnel down from the state to us and um, if we see something locally um, that can be changed then yes we do work through our um, health officer and um, our county council to see if there is an opportunity to make things safer for infants for families and the community you know what one of these i want to do a podcast just getting you and some others on here just to tell stories oh of Everything or you've Mary Jo, you you yeah. have a podcast for hours. <laughs> I, I, hey, we could. Do, that's fine with me. I mean, just because some of it's interesting stuff. I find it interesting. Don't know about you, Ryan, but I do. So. No, I mean it does. It's I, it like gives me like someone who has just been in public health for like a few years, like really good found appreciation that there's like people before me that really like paved the way for. It's inspiring yeah, too. For me to do yeah, it, it is. Well, Positive Judy. I see. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> things. Things have have really changed yeah. in in the past um, thirty years. You have to stay with the Please back tell me you have no intentions of retiring anytime soon. No. <laughs> okay. Good. Back in the day, um, the doctors would not take uh, people who could not pay them. Yeah. Right. And so the health department had clinics. We had maternity clinic. We had pediatric clinic. We had. Um, orthopedic clinic, we had a pulmonary clinic, and so people came to the health department. And back then also medical assistance was tied with welfare, so the only way that you had medical assistance was welfare. Uh, well, in 1989 that all changed, mm -hmm. and so it was based on income only and not income and what else you owned. That did change the health department's role because what happened with the medical assistance patients. They were um, given managed care organizations and for the first time were allowed to go to private doctors. And that was the goal for everyone to have a medical home and a private doctor. And so now the health department does uh, things a little bit different. We're looking at quality assurance. Mm -hmm. We're still doing some clinics, um, but the roles have changed. But the, with maternal child, we're still going out and doing the home visits and still having fun with the kids. That's great. As long as you're still having fun. Yeah. Yes. Yes. 
have do you know if, if any um, of these kids that you I don't know if you may have talked to their parents or whatever in the past have actually come back and seen you now that they're grown I have I have run into a few okay um, I haven't seen the children but I've seen the moms right and I grew up here in Harford County, and so some of the moms I went to high school with at Edgewood, and they'll come and look at me and they'll say, oh my gosh, Newman, that's what my maiden name was. They still know me by Judy Newman. And they'll say, oh my gosh, I didn't know you worked here at the health department. And so, you know, they'll, they'll say, I remember when somebody came out to my house uh, when my baby was born, it's like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> And wow. so now they're grandparents, and I am too. That is awesome. Yeah. I would I would like to hope that people have a better understanding of public health. Um, oh yeah. When you talk about medicine, you talk about hospitals. You go in for your care, you come back out. Public health takes a look at well, why are you going into the hospital? What what is your lifestyle? what um, caused you to have this medical illness um, and when you come home how can we assist you to get better to stay better um, take a look at those communities to see if any public health intervention can be done so that we're a healthier county and if anybody has any questions about safe sleep they can call you yes and what's your number 410 942-7901 and you're located up in Havenie Grace, right? Yes. What's the address for that? 2027. We're, we're actually Highway. 2015. Oh, we're 2015 Pulaski Highway. <laughs> Sweet. You're going e. quick. <laughs> um, 2015 Pulaski Highway, Sweet E. Sweet E. In yes. Havenie Grace. Okay. I'm going to add that on there. Judy, thanks again. Dr. Sure. Moore, Marcy, Mo Molly. Yes. Welcome back. back. Ron, oh God, I'm going to get it wrong already. Christine? Christina. Christina, I was close. Thank you. Lyle, thanks for coming. Um, and I'll definitely have links on there for this. Thank you for listening to this episode of Harford County Living. You can actually go to HartfordCountyLiving.com and click on podcast. And from there, click on the episode and there are links to our guests and our sponsors, and I encourage you to please, please visit them. Again, that's HarfordCountyLiving.com, and click on podcast. Also, you can subscribe to the podcast from there as well. You also see a banner there that says, Buy Me a Coffee. And if you click on that, you can make a contribution to the Harford County Living Show so we can keep this going. You can do either monthly or you can do a one-time fee. And what we're going to do at the end of each episode is mention all of those that have contributed so far. And so far, the ones that have made a contribution through Buy Me A Coffee are Robin Burke, Lyle Garrity, and you've heard him on the show several times, Carol Garrity, Rhonda Herb, who was actually listening up in Canada, Kathy, Cindy Skilton, Natalie Forrest, someone that's anonymous, of course, Mal Grisada Baker, and we have a monthly supporter, Recreating Wellness.